They got all them teeth, but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. You ready, champ? I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the coach. Buddy Martin. Hello, welcome to a Monday afternoon, mid-afternoon edition of the Buddy Martin Show. We come to you all times of the day and night. Good to be with you on this day uh, in our little abode here in our home studio where things are going off behind me and phone lines that don't work ringing. But we're here. We hope you had a good weekend. I know it was a good weekend for some and not for others, particularly Gator basketball fans. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today, some Gator fans, Gator Nation Kingdom. Thanks for uh, joining the program again today, on the early side today. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we've got some special guests we'll tell you about in just a minute. Three people. going to be loaded with guests the next hour and 15 minutes or so on the program today, uh, live from the home studio, brought to you by the Ocala Quarterback Club, my friends there. I can't tell you how proud I am of these guys. Uh, this club is really beginning to get some traction in our community, and we're doing some neat things and going to be doing some more. So proud to be a member of it. Uh, they, of course, sponsor us and our club champions like Dr. Frank Cannon, uh, Ocala Orthopedic. has been one of the champions to step up along with Greg Ergel of Greg Ergel Financial Services. Uh, and our friend Danny Williams and Danny Williams appraisal team, all good people who just want to see good things happen in our community. That's my kind of sponsor. Should be yours, too. Uh, I, I wanted to also tell you this podcast, and it is a podcast and a program, is brought to you by Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Longtime friend and sponsor of the Buddy Martin Show. And I might add, a member of the Cater Nation Kingdom. By the way, if you notice, the numbers are up, 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 up. Very carefully screened, each one. I look today, and I know that 35 people have been turned down or declined by our intrepid knights out there. Our knights are vigilant. They're checking every detail. We caught an interloper on Friday night, late night, dilly dilly. The guy who tried to crash the party as a troll, we ran him down and said, Boot you to the pit of misery, my friend. You don't bring that stuff in here. This is one slogan. Stay loyal to the kingdom. Loyal to the kingdom. And, of course, that's the Gator Nation side of this. And, of course, the Buddy Martin Show. We also try to bring you other things and sports that are not just all Gators all the time, but come late night, dilly dilly. It's all about the vino and the friendship and the Gators and what have you. So uh, I'm proud to say we've got a busy week planned for you. A couple of guests confirmed today. Our buddy Max Howell will be on later. And I'll be doing a show uh, from Pennsylvania on Friday with my daughter, Rebecca, and my granddaughters, my son-in-law. And we'll be doing the live from up in uh, Wild Missing, Pennsylvania. Who knows where that is? 
I look at it today, and we are right below 900. And I decided I would do a special gift to one of the ones who come in and are vetted properly, a autographed copy of the Steve Spurrier book by Steve Spurrier and myself if you want it, although sometimes when I autograph it, the value goes down. Uh, and to the person who comes in, it'll be right around number 900. I'm not going to tell you what it is, one or two above or below 900. Whoever that person is who gets vetted in his own gets a copy of this book. I'll even pay to ship it to you as long as it's not Roger over in Ninbo, China. So uh, nonetheless, so keep your eyes peeled. Phenomenal. I'm looking at, at my friend Todd Swearingen, who will be on with us in just a moment. Todd, a very knowledgeable guy, not NASCAR. Um, he says, I've been watching this Facebook kingdom just explode. You're redefining how this space can be built. This one's supposed to be aired, by the way, um, uh, from people all over the world. And that's a compliment right there. Todd's a knowledgeable guy. He didn't know I was going to read this, but I figured, what the heck, we go ahead and brag a little bit. We don't like to brag much. but So uh, my producer, who's working in his day job, is always chipping in, helping out where he can on weekends, and glad he was able to set us up with a few things here, which we'll share. I want to mention – if I can dig this out in just a moment, we've got a special birthday today. And then just a minute before I go, before I don't want to mention who our other guests are. Uh, Mark Long of the Associated Press, who covers Jaguars, Gators, NASCAR. I, I think it was the Daytona, too. He'll join the program at 445 today. He's a very objective guy. His job is to stay right in his lane. Never too far one way or the other. Tell the story. Tell the facts. And he's, uh, but he's opinionated and he offers that on the show, which I like. He's a very good guest. So if you want to know a global perspective, sort of, well, then Mark Long of the AP will, will give it to you. Uh, and then of course, uh, our friend Franz Beer will join us in what, seven minutes now. France, I'm sure France <clears throat> is probably gnashing his teeth right now. What a really unfortunately painful debacle we saw. A basketball game once again where the Gators gave it away. I wrote a column I'll share with you. I wrote, it's posted now on the site. What the Florida basketball team needs now is a closer. Maybe Scott Strickland ought to hire Mariano Rivera. Remember him? He was the greatest closer of all time as a consultant to Mike White because right now the Gators couldn't close. The door of a barn, if you spotted them, the 150-mile-an-hour Kansas tornado wind to their back. They just keep giving it away. 11-point lead again, poof, gone. Gave it away. Missed layups, uh, defensive lapses, uh, silly fouls, turnovers, and just gave another one away. It's the fourth time, actually fifth time this season, they've blown a double-digit lead. And the second straight time they've done it. Georgia, which is bad enough, and then Bandy. Record now has fallen to 17 and 10, 8 and 6 in the SEC. Now, I got more to say about this. I know what you're thinking about. We've had some conversations online on the Gator Nation Kingdom page, the Buddy Martin Show page. What about Mike White? It's got to be laid at his feet without question. 
he is to blame. His team is not disciplined. They're not getting the job done. They're making mistakes, same mistakes. So we'll kind of break that down with France in just a minute, talk to you about that, and we'll talk about what should happen to Mark, to Mike, to, to, to Mike White. If anything, I've got my own opinions. Let's see if you got yours as you folks begin to weigh in. Uh, Hello, uh, uh, buddy. Oh, yeah. Hey, is that you, Brendan? You calling in? Yeah. I just uh, decided to do, uh, call into the show here because I can't uh, uh, call him from my desk. I'm getting ready to pack up and go home. And I wanted to wish a little bit of, you know, happy birthday to. It's not my birthday. It's not my birthday. birthday. It's not my birthday. birthday. It's not Francis' birthday. Baba Ennis' birthday. Oh, the Chief Knight's birthday. Ah, happy birthday, Baba. Yeah. 21 again. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Baba. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. We're all going to be dancing soon. Dancing at Bubba's best damn tailgate. Happy birthday, Bubba. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Happy birthday, bro. Hope you do it well, Bob. Anyway, just want to get that in there. Going home. You guys have a good day and, uh, you know, uh, Billy Billy. I can't read my comments yet, Brendan, but I'll look for them. So next time I see you, I hope I'll be able to see them. All right. What's that? My comments. I'm looking for my comments. My Internation Kingdom follows online here. You need to go uh, to the chat room, sir, on on Facebook. Yeah. Go to Facebook, click on the actual video, and the chat will be on there on your phone. Okay. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Love that's your birthday, buddy. No, by me? Oh. It's for Baba. Happy birthday, buddy. Not my birthday. All right. As long as you got that up, good job. Thank you for calling in, right, Brendan. I'll talk to you guys. All right. Thank you. Uh, just let me mention the Gator Nation Kingdom folks. If you are, uh, if, if, if you haven't, if you got friends who want to come to the best damn tailgate, Baba's Best Damn Tailgate, which is going to be a hoot and then some on the 14th of April, two blocks away from Steve Spurrier Field, then uh, you have to be a member of the Gator Nation Kingdom. I would suggest maybe you mean to do that if you haven't. If you have any friends that need to be vetted, I would suggest they go on to the Gator Nation Kingdom, ask to join our knights will go over. They really, they work hard and they don't miss anything, by the way. Uh, all we want you to do is be a good person, kind of, you know, understand the rules and regulations. This is a place, safe place for people to come, share their thoughts. Uh, we can disagree. We can uh, discuss. We can be, uh, even argue. We don't trash. We don't bully. We don't do all that kind of stuff. And we don't allow people to do it, especially when it resolves anybody in the kingdom or anybody who's, has a role at the University of Florida. Doesn't mean you can't say the coach screwed up because they do screw up and the players do to a lesser degree, but we don't trash and we're not here to, to, to tear down. We're here to build up. And so if you're going to be a part of our family, we're going to have to insist on that or you will get booted to the pit of misery. So there you go. Just give me the heads up on that so you know. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. We probably, I need to probably go ahead here in about a one minute and dial. Uh, Franz Beard. Let me just say that uh, 
that this program was brought to you in part by the Ocala Quarterback Club and Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Car accident, work accident, wrongful death, personal injury, social security, disability. Contact Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice. Since 1976, call this number, 352-629-7777, 352-629-7777, or visit Dan Hightower, that's H-I-G-H, Hightower.com, office in Ocala, Daniel Hightower, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Let's see if we can't get a hold of our friend Franz Beard. Uh, we'll chat about a few things, including... A debacle. Nice win, by the way, by Bubba Watson out in, uh, I follow golf pretty close. He used to be in that business and a good win for him. Congratulations to Bubba. He's been, it's been a while since he, since he won one. Let's see if we can roll old France Beard right in here. Francis Beard, how are you, my friend? I'm good. And I'm good with Bubba winning. He's fought so many injuries the last two years that he, he's hardly been a shell of himself. And, and it's good to see him healthy and hitting the balls solidly again i agree and you, you i don't know if you saw the tournament but he, he broke down at the end uh he 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 just simply and he, he came apart unhinged on the on the 18th green because it's been such a two-year struggle and i didn't realize this but he almost quit golf it's been two years since he won and he was he said he was beginning to have doubts if he'd ever win again he's kind of a he's kind of a different kind of cat as you know Anyway, Bubba is from Baghdad, Florida. Originally, he was a bulldog, uh, but uh, it was a huge emotional uh, release for him after his uh, ap- after winning uh, what is now called the Genesis. Used to be called the LA Open. Used to be called the Gun Campbell, whatever it may be. It's but Riviera. France- I don't care what they want to call it. It's just Riviera. You ask anybody on the tour. And they don't. They they never called it the L.A. Open. They never called it anything. They just always called it Riviera. True, true. And uh, I've been there a couple of times. I saw many years ago a young player who was sixteen, named uh, Woods, uh, tee okay. off, uh, tee off at he, he teed off on his number ten, which was number one that day. I saw him hit his drive into the Barranca and all that gnarly grass they have out there in L.A. I thought, he better not try to swing at this or he'll break his wrists. Especially this kid doesn't know any better. Don't tell him what he might do. Well, guess what he did? He hit it out up in front of the green. <laughs> I said, whoa, wait a minute. This is a different kind of fella right here. So, hey, friends, we're not going to have our long discussion today, but we're going to try to catch up later in the in the week uh, if we can. Yeah and do our late-night dilly-dilly stuff and what have you if you're around. But uh, I want to talk about the basketball team, obviously. We had a little discussion about it, and, you know, people are getting very discouraged. And, of course, you have the people who are saying, it's enough, I've seen enough Mike White, he's done, he shouldn't, you know, he he, he shouldn't be the coach anymore, he keeps failing, this has happened five times a season, the team is getting worse, and all those people. Then you have people who say, well, hang on, it's pretty bad right now, but it's going to get better. There's still time. There's still four games left with teams that have a RPI of 30 or better. Uh, and it's only February and doesn't really count until after the SEC tournament is over. I know you have tended to be somewhat conservative in your criticism of Mike White, but even you came a bit unhinged 
after seeing what happened at Vanderbilt. Tell me how you feel about it. Well, now, here's the thing that's bothering me about them is is the fact that this is their second straight ball game that they've blown an 11 point lead in the second half. In 10 of their losses, eight of them, eight of their 10 losses, excuse me, they have lost the lead in the second half. And um, part of that's toughness. And they don't, I don't think they're a particularly tough team. Part of it's injuries and the fact that, that, uh, for one thing, I'll tell you something. Chris Chioza, and, and I got this from a really good source. He is just absolutely so beaten up right now that he's really, really just going on fumes. And, and the kid can't get a call. I mean, they, you look at what Georgia did to him. Georgia uh, admitted that they were going to get physical with him, and they did. Vanderbilt did the same thing. They're running him off of all sorts of picks, doing all sorts of things. He doesn't get a single call. Florida didn't shoot a free throw in the second half. I don't know if you know this against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt shot, I think, 12 in the second half. It was uh, 11. Uh, free throws were 11 for Florida, 10 for Vandy in the first half. And yet, uh, Vandy shot 12 and Florida didn't shoot one in the second half, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, not going to blame the Zebras on it, but I will say this. Florida couldn't get a call. And when you get a team that's struggling, as the Gators are, and having trouble finishing games, and you can't get a call on top of it, it's just like, you know, that's just like the, the your, your tip, you get to your tipping point, and I think that's where they are. Um, I wrote today that this is still a team that's capable of getting white hot shooting the basketball as they did early in the season. If they do that, they can play and beat anybody in the country. They're very capable of it. Now, are they so far into the season that they're so tired and so beat up that they can't? That's going to be the real question because um, if you notice, by the way, Saturday, uh, Gak didn't play. Uh, you know, he could have given them some extra minutes in there, uh, and they didn't have him. Uh, Kulachov, Kulachov is, as we know, is playing on, on bad feet, and, uh, let's hope that come Wednesday night, he'll have, uh, no pain in his feet, and he can shoot the ball well against Tennessee, because they're going to need it against Tennessee. Um, I think Tennessee, when they're really playing well, Tennessee's the best team in the SEC when they've got everybody playing well. Uh, I think Auburn's had the best run, but I think Auburn's helped, been helped by some scheduling things. And, and I question whether Auburn can do it now without McLemore. Uh, that was a horrendous injury. He dislocated his ankle, broke his leg, tore ligaments in his ankle and his knee uh, Saturday. And... Uh, He's gone for the year, so a question whether what Auburn can do the rest of the way. But Florida is capable of really shooting the ball and winning ball games. I still think they can they can win two out of four, even if they don't shoot great. If they play the kind of defense that they played, for example, even in Georgia against Georgia in a losing effort, they played great defense in that ball game. They just the offense didn't show. But they're going to have to figure out some things. They're going to have to. They're going to have to have a, a couple of shooters get hot, and they're going to have to play great defense, or else it's going to be the nobody's interested tournament. 
All right, those are all good points, France. And but the fact remains is that the mental errors they're making are really inexcusable, and they're making them over and over again. I can almost understand Chiosa. He's been asked to do everything, and he's done it all. But like as we said earlier, if you're if you're uh, if you're the Yankees, you got Mariano Rivera. You can't use him as a stopper every night. This poor guy has been, as you said, pointed out. And Mike White has tried to rest him. And and uh, and we talked about that earlier. You you mentioned uh, uh, that they have given some rest, and they've done that a little bit. But he's still when he's missing foul shots, you know his legs are bad or he's hurting or something. But that is just uh, that's 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 unfortunate. But to not score a point in the last two twenty seven, that that's awful. And then on top of that, you got four guys average double figures: Kulichev, Hudson, Chioza, and Kevon Allen. And nobody stepped up for with leadership. They aren't focused, and they're not tough. And that's the part where Mike White has got to own that. Well, I I think that my criticism of Mike with this so far is how he's used a car. And 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 I will see. I'll go so far as to say Dante Bassett too. I think Dante Bassett showed me some things in defensively the other day against Vanderbilt, and I'm thinking, you know, why hasn't this guy gotten more playing time? Has, has he been a, a bum in practice? And I don't think that's the case. But, uh, you know, Akaru goes out of the ball game with six minutes to go and then doesn't come back in until the last minute of the ball game. And during those five minutes he's out, there went the three-point defense. All of a sudden, Riley LeChance is starting to light up. And that happened when Akaru was out of the ball game, and uh, I questioned that. I, I really did question that, buddy. Um, I, I, you've heard me talk about Akaru all year and, and question why he's not getting more minutes. And, and you have, I'll give you credit. You have, yes. And I think I think he is a, I think he's got a really great future at the University of Florida, but he's got to get on the floor more often than what he is now. He's a kid that should be getting 20 minutes a ball game, and he's not. He's getting about 12 or 13. All right, so so we're looking at that and, and trying to figure out what's going on there. Uh, now it's a matter of this team either will gel or it won't. This is the time of year when teams have to gel. They still got the firepower. They still got the skill level. They still got opportunity because the SEC – is a tough gauntlet this year. It's a tough place to play. Everybody's beat up, not just Florida. So the question is, I hate to use this word, but character does come into play. Where's the character? The, the, the ironic thing about this, friends, and I'll get your comments and let you go. I know you've got to go work out and all that stuff, is, is that this is a good bunch of kids. The bad news is this is a good bunch of kids, if you get what I'm talking about. Well, they really want to do it right, and they do it right off the court as well, but they're not doing it right on the floor in terms of being in the right place, making the right decisions, the things that Mike White needs, and no wonder he's so frustrated. And just one final thought. Get off this thing about fire Mike White. That's not going to happen. Not even should be mentioned. Yeah, you can kind of throw things at the TV and yell at him if you want to, and he deserves to be criticized, but you're not going to get a better coach than Mike White right now. And when he goes uh, 10 and 15, call me, right? It's just not that easier place. So that's my thought, friends. Your final thoughts. Well, uh, they are still capable of winning ball games. There's no question about that. 
Um, I, I think we're starting to see why Casey Hill played so much. Casey Hill, despite the fact that he had some real challenges on the offensive end shooting jump shots, Casey Hill was an elite defender, and he was a guy that knew where everybody should be and got him in position and stuff like that. He was a pretty darn good leader. Devin Robinson. Say what we will about Devin Robinson, about how his jump shot would sometimes go funky. He never stopped playing great defense, and he always rebounded well. Uh, they have missed him. They have missed those two kids and the effort they gave, and they've missed the fact that both of those two kids were leaders, and they don't have that this year. They just don't have that. They don't have that guy that says, "I'm going to run through this brick wall. Who's following me?" and Nobody wants to do that. And, and, and great teams have great leaders. I'll, I'll go back to 2006 and 2007. Everybody talked about, about the, how flamboyant Joe Kim Noah was and how smart Al Horford was, what a great shooter uh, Lee Humphrey was, and what an elite defender Corey Brewer was. You know, the one guy that never fouled out of a game, the one guy that never missed one with injuries, the one guy that held that, that team together was Torian Green, the least the least publicized guy of the whole group. And Torian Green, was a, he was an imp, and he just drove people crazy. They, you know, Joe Kim and Al and Corey all wanted to have fights with him at one point or another. But he knew what, he knew what buttons to push with what players, and he got it out of them. Florida does not have a Torian Green who knows how to push everybody's buttons. And that is, you know, as much as I love Chioza and as much as I think he is a, when he's healthy, when he's not beaten down, he is an elite player. Uh, he does not have that in him, that ability to, to rally the troops behind him and the ability to get in somebody's face and say, you either do it like this or I'll fight you right here. And Torian was like that. Uh, I've had, you know, uh, one of the funny things, I did this interview with Joe Kim Noah, uh, and we sat in the, the Florida lock, in the locker room, and, and i got to tell you what, his locker had stuff growing in it. It was such a mess. And, and we were talking about Torian, and he said, he said, now Torian would go in people, get in people's faces. And he says, he, you, he would challenge you to fight right there. And he says, and everybody would look at him and say, who's, go, who are you going to beat in a fight, Torian? But they knew that he meant it and he would try it. He would, he would die trying if he didn't, but he had that tough guy mentality. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for a tough guy yeah. to emerge. Somebody's got to have to step up. You're right. We got 60 seconds to talk Gator football. We're counting it down. Today is what? What's the date today? 19th? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. We yes, got, it is. We, we, we got pretty soon, not long till we got a spring game going on here and we're all excited about it. And what's the one thing you can't wait to see in 60 seconds? The thing I cannot wait to see is, is how these offensive and defensive linemen respond to the coaching. Florida has got to get tough. I think Florida's got the best group of skilled people they've had. I have no question that we have quarterback whisperers in Brian Johnson and Dan Mullen to coach that position up. The wide receivers are going to be better with Billy Gonzalez. Where the game is going to be won is in the trenches. I'm eager to see what happens 
with Hevesy and Sal Sunsbury and how tough they get these guys because they have a history of toughening guys up. All right. Sounds like both the basketball team and the football team could take a few tough pills. Let me friends, you could drop some off when you're way out today at the gym, okay? Maybe, All they, right. maybe they can hire Nick Savage to come work with them, too. There you go. Francis, good stuff as always. We'll talk to you midweek and appreciate your time, buddy. All right. Francis Beard, fightgators.com. He's a regular member of our crew here on Monday, Wednesday, sometimes Friday. You never know. Francis is always around. Thank you, Fran. Appreciate that. All right. We're going to see if we can get this thing going here and now in the right direction. And we'll be dialing up our friends over on the other side here. If I can find my guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah Mark. Mark. Uh, uh, associate. Uh, yeah, I'll dial him. I'll dial him. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, that's the final thoughts on on the Gators. As I said, their basketball team had four games left against top thirty RPI teams and uh, RPI this, and and you win a couple of those. And Tennessee is is uh, on on Wednesday. I think that's a nine o'clock start. If you're out there, a G and K, check me out on that. Uh, and then they host Auburn on Saturday. So one of those wins would uh, win. At least one of those would be very helpful in, in regarding that because uh, uh, they need a, a, big, a big win at this point in time. Uh, to remind you tomorrow, Brady Ackerman is here with us. We'll be on at around 4 o'clock this time on adjusted times. And don't forget, now, you you can see this anytime. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. If you just want to hear it, uh, you can log on to Facebook and you can rewatch it if you'd like. Freddie will join me tomorrow. We'll have Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, joining the program tomorrow. It's going to be a busy week. we got a lot of good guests. I'll tell you about them as soon as I get my list up here in a minute. Take a look at those. Um, and uh, as I said on Friday, I'll come to your remote. We're calling Mark, um, just as you know. We're, we're dialing him now, so heads up. All right, thank you. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we will be... Uh, We'll be doing a show on Friday and a uh, number of guests planned. Planned. I'm trying to work out a trip to Dallas to see my boy Terry Bradshaw. Where we'll broadcast live from there later on next month. So a lot of stuff going on here. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message. Like Mark is so on right zero, now. Five, nine, Mark zero, five, zero, okay. five, four, six. Check is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Mark Long. Uh, this is a one-way conversation, buddy. If I had you on the program right now, I'd be asking you about, uh, among other things, about the Gator basketball team. I know you cover uh, Gator sports, uh, and you also may have been in Daytona this past week. So uh, we're trying to reach you, and uh, we will try again in a moment. To see if we can figure out where you are. This is the number we're going to try you out again. So thank you. And uh, I'll try to see if I can hang this up after we get through there. All right. You can try them on your cell if you want to. Um, okay. I'll do that. Let's see why I'm not able to get Mark while we're doing this. He's probably just seeing the Skype number. Didn't know it was us. So. Might be. That's probably it. Yeah. I did. Uh, those are the things. Did that you tell him? If I didn't tell him, they can call from a Skype. Uh, you can go through your list. Uh, yeah, check uh, check down your list. Check it twice. When you, you have, have to be able to, you know, you don't listen to your producers. This is what happens. Whatever, so. So now anyway, you know, right, now I'll you tell you, Mark, what's going on here. Um, um, 
Well, Mark, I was, we were trying to reach you on Skype just now. Just a different number. We'll call you back on that number if that's okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. If you're trying to miss along now, he will, uh, he will let you answer uh, and we'll see what, what happens there. So, yeah, I don't know if Mark was the Daytona or not. Did you watch the 500? I'd be honest with you, it's one of the most unforgettable 500s. I've seen it in a long time. I forgot. In fact, I forgot it was going to be a run. Did you know it? I, I like NASCAR okay, but I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. There was a time when I covered it probably half a dozen times, but uh, I turned on TV and thought, whoa, the Daytona 500 is on. i got to make sure I watch some of this. And so I did. Uh, and I thought, okay, let me say, who am I going to pull for? Well, there's no Jeff Gordon. There's no Dale Earnhardt Jr. There's no, you know, etc. Uh, and I thought, I know it's NASCAR changes. So I kept looking. I'm not a Jimmy Johnson fan. So anyway, I watched and I saw some of the most atrocious drive you're dialing. I'm not an expert. Um, uh, and I don't, I couldn't tell you, you know, what, what, uh, what the strategy is, but I see cars being reckless coming down there, coming down the straightaway at 200 miles an hour and, and slip sliding around three and four wide uh, in what they call the first stage, yet another change by NASCAR. I'm thinking, man, this looks reckless to me. And all of a sudden, boom, big, big wreck. Uh, well, lap 199 involving 12 cars, turn two, and uh, set this up for this win for this young rider, Austin Dillon, uh, who was not even among the top eight drivers on uh, lap 198. So, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding somebody to root for uh, in NASCAR these days. And a little bit of that in golf. I know my wife's a big Jordan Spieth fan. Can't have football every day. I mean, I would, would if I could. So I watch a little golf occasionally in NASCAR. Uh, I, I'm just having a hard time with the Winter Olympics. I think my friend Dan Jenkins said it best. Somebody said that the Winter Olympics started. But all I've heard so far is Mike Tirico and commercials. It has been one of the most dull, uninteresting Winter Olympics I can ever remember. And I've been to a couple of them, including the Lake Placid one way back in the day, which is fantastic. Nothing memorable about the Winter Olympics. So, um, yeah, uh, there's that. I'm going to go ahead and see. I guess I should try to call Mark again on his phone and see if we can reach him there. We're not having any luck on Skype. So you let's go. The maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, press okay, one to listen to your message. <laughs> press two to erase well, and record. Well, press okay. three. I removed him from your call, so. Okay. Well, let me call it. Are you still there? Okay. You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your you. message. Well, if you are mess. satisfied with your message, press uh, Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm going to crack it off. I'm going to re-record. Press three. Okay, uh, I'm going to see what I can do. How you doing, Mark? Are you still there? You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are just telling me that she's reached the maximum time to listen to your message, press We've got, we're back in business now, and we've got Mark Long. Hi, Mark. Hey, hey, how are you? Good, good. Um, we get these, uh, this new modern communications with Skype and phones and all that stuff. 
messed up. But God, glad we got you for a couple of minutes. Daytona, I was just saying that, I, you know, I've I probably been to, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not certainly not an expert, even close to it. I've probably covered a half dozen 500s, you know, and I, I've kind of seen a few things. It's been a long time, probably 10, 12 years. But I was uh, watching yesterday. The first thing was I had to remind myself that it was on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I know, I, I didn't know anybody talking about it. And maybe it's a function of who I travel with and my age, but nobody was talking about it. And I turned and said, wait a minute, this is the 500. We're already 30 or 40 laps in. So I, I turned it on and I watched, I was watching golf and then I see him uh, and I'm looking for somebody to root for. And I'm trying to find somebody. Obviously, uh, you know, junior's gone and you know, all on down the list. Uh, and I'm trying to find somebody. Well, who do I like? Who do I like to watch? I'm just not a Jimmy Johnson fan. So I couldn't find anybody to root for. And then coming down the stretch in, in, in about 200 laps in, uh, or so, there was this horrible crash and lap 199, but it was. And I saw him drive. I said to my wife, these guys are driving out of their gourds. It looked to me like it was the worst case scenario, like the major Deegan, uh, expressway out of New York City at, at five o'clock and they were sliding slip slide. How long can this last? And man, there was a crash. How did it look to you from the press box? Oh yeah, I mean, listen, it was uh, it wasn't the best race you know we've ever seen, but it certainly was a a great finish, a great uh, number of uh, chaotic laps at the end, which is what people that's what people want. They want that bumper to bumper, close knit, you know, tight knuckle, white knuckle racing uh, where everybody's in a group and you know one little wiggle or bobble or you know, mess up and all of a sudden, you know, 10, 20 cars are, are in trouble. And, you know, so that's what they want. And that's what the fans got. Uh, you're right though about, you know, there wasn't a lot of hype for this race and, you know, NASCAR's going through, uh, a changing of the guard and they're going to have some growing pains and it's going to take some time. But, uh, you know, you've lost in the last, uh, three years, you've lost four time champion, Jeff Gordon, three-time champion, Tony Stewart, the most popular driver for the last 16 years, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and now you've lost Danica Patrick. That was her final race. So you've lost, you know, the one woman, female driver, <clears throat> you know, over the last six years. So, you know, it, it's not, you don't, you don't replace that kind of star power overnight. It takes time. And I think what you saw is you saw the next generation you know, doing their thing out there. You know, it was really this no holds, I don't care, I'm going to spin whoever I want to spin to get to the front. NASCAR seems to be okay with it. The fans seem to be okay with it. And these drivers are definitely okay with it. You see a new wave of kids come up through there. Uh, and I thought uh, I thought some of them, Ryan Blaney, uh, Austin Dillon, the race winner, yeah. certainly Bubba Wallace, the first black driver, in the Daytona 500 since 1969 and the highest finishing black driver ever. He finished second. I think these guys are unbelievable personalities and I think the fans are going to flock to them at some point. It's just going to take some time. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Wendell Scott, would that have been 69? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Wendell Scott. And uh, I think his highest finish uh, was, was 13th in a NASCAR well, that's, race. That's so. good for Wendell. Wendell usually brought up the rear, but he stayed in the race. That was the thing. He was, <laughs> yeah. he was always in the race. So, so okay. So I just want to get that in. Uh, I want to shift gears real fast and take five minutes to talk about uh, 
Florida sports. I know you follow the Gators pretty closely. You cover the Jaguars, et cetera. Uh, I wanted to focus today on, on basketball a little bit. Mike White, who's been very popular so far, has hit a rough patch. And of course, losing the game and giving away games as they've done now back to back against Vanderbilt and Georgia, blowing 11 point leads and losing, uh, five times this year with double digit leads and going cold, not even scoring a point in the last two and a half minutes is starting to look like what is wrong with his team. And as much as I think Mike Wright is a, is a white guy, it's a right guy. Uh, you have to put this at his feet. And, and what are you hearing and thinking? You're a guy who takes a pretty good measure. You're fair, you, but you're also outspoken. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say Mike White's in trouble. It's ridiculous. But where do you put this right now, and what do you think can be done? Yeah, it is definitely a huge uh, red flag in terms of coaching and maybe even more of a red flag in terms of personnel. He just he does not have that uh, – go-to guy, he can put the ball in his hands and he can go drive to the hoop, get fouled and make something happen in crunch time, which is what you need. You need a guy who's going to go out there, drive, get fouled, make them foul you and get to the line. They don't, they're not, they're not of that team. They just don't have a physical uh, presence at all, anywhere, inside, outside, whatever. He's talked all year about them not being very tough mentally, certainly not very tough physically. And I think you're starting to see it. I, you know, I think, you know, he said it now for a couple of weeks. The book is out on them. You know, you, it's very simple to defend them. You, you, you know, you, you stay on shooters out on the wings. You just cannot let them get, make eight, nine, ten three pointers in a game. You stay on those shooters, force tough shots and make them drive the ball, make them put it on the floor, make them try to make some tough baskets around the rim. And, and they've been woefully awful. All season around the rim. I think they're, uh, out of 300 and something teams, they're like almost 300, uh, in terms of two point field goal for percentage. It's unbelievable. So there's a lot of that is that. And a lot of that is, you know, it's on coaching. You know, Mike White has known this is their issue all year and he's failed to find a way to overcome it, to compensate for it, to make up for it. All of those things, you know, you got to find a way. You got to find something. You got to develop a guy. And, you know, they have, and he knew going into the season in October that this is what their identity was. Well, now it's late February and he hasn't found a way, not so much to change it, because you can't say you can't always change your identity, but you got to find a way to compensate for, overcompensate for, adjust. And teams have adjusted to this team, to Florida, and Florida hasn't adjusted to the way teams are defending them. And it's a real issue. Good assessment. I, I wouldn't agree, disagree with anything you said there. And Igbuno, of course, being out doesn't help. But hey, injuries are injuries and you got to adapt. Uh, all right. So let's, let's shift gears real fast for a final comment and talk about Gator football, which, you know, as we know, we've been at a couple of press conferences. It's only upswing in terms of mentally. I think the attitude is much better. The Gator fans feel at least positive now. I think Dan Mullen's done all the right things so far. We don't know what we're going to see in the spring. Uh, it's a question who gets the first snap and et cetera, you know, old quarterback situation. Emory Jones is the guy of the future. Felipe Franks may not be, he may get a shot. Who knows? Or, or Allen or who knows? So who might be the chance? And from where you sit right now here on the 20th, what is it? 19th of February with the spring game come up 14. Are, are you as positive as many others are, including myself, that this thing seems to be going the right direction, although we've not seen a, a play call yet uh, with Dan Mullen as head coach. 
Yes, I am. I'm a leader of the bandwagon. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm driving. I'm driving the cart and the horse and everything. Everybody can get on right now. You sell tickets? Maybe you ought to sell tickets, Mark. Come on, man. <laughs> Gamble is absolutely the right guy for this job. Okay. Uh, I think Jeremy Foley, if you if you were to get him to confess, and I think he would, he would say one of the big mistakes he made in his tenure mm. is not signing, not hiring Dan Mullen. You know, three years ago, hmm. after the Will Muschamp debacle, he had the opportunity. It was clear then that Dan Mullen had had proven himself as a head coach at the at Mississippi State, and he that should have been the hire. And Jeremy Foley would would admit that right now that that should have been the hire. Uh, the guys, he's Urban Meyer 2.0. You see it in everything he does, from the preparation, from the way he energizes the fan base, from just the details, and I cannot wait to see it on the field, and it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in year one. Mm-hmm. Urban didn't get it done in year one. He had, you know, it takes time, transitional, transitionally, you always have that transition year, so it takes time, but I am absolutely 100% convinced that this is the guy uh, who's going to lead Florida back to national prominence. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, it's hard not to root from the guy because he's likable. And the previous regime, I am on record, I was, you know, Number one hater, probably. Yes, you were. Previous regime. I, I, used I car didn't, like, salesman. It day, didn't used... like it from day one, buddy. And <laughs> yeah, I told you, you didn't. from day you, one. Didn't you, like it. you called it, buddy. I got to get yeah. it. You called it, yeah. And I, I think it's hard. I think people, you know, people are, can only be fooled for so long. And you can be fooled. And we can all be fooled. But, but most people can only be fooled for so long before they start seeing, okay, who is this guy? I can, you know, I, I see the true colors of a person, see the true character of a person. And everybody eventually saw the true character of, 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 I've already forgotten his name. Jim McElroy. <laughs> Jim McElroy. Uh, of Jim McElroy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, and it's hard to energize a fan base when you don't believe in a guy or you think that he's up there, yeah. you know, you know, trying to fool, you know, telling lies or deceptive. All that stuff is just really hard. Not answering you can deal questions. With it for a little bit. Yeah. You can't deal with it when you combine it with losing. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we're such much more, Back to the Urban Meyer way of thinking, the Urban Meyer way of evaluating talent, the Urban Meyer way of, of playing. And uh, as you know, the author of the Ur- Urban's Way, sorry if I messed that title up, Urban's but way, uh, that's, that's a winning way. And I think that's what we're going to see here at some point. Yeah, well, the good stuff. And I'll just say this. It took me a while as he was going out. I figured out who he was. As I said, he is a Nick Saban wannabe in a Gator costume. That's what he was, and <laughs> yeah. and and that's not as good as what you said when you call him a used car salesman. But anyway, you got it right. Hey, listen, yeah. we need to go back and revisit that why someday why Foley didn't hire Dan Mullen. We'll do that next time you're on the radio. Okay? Yeah, I, I love it, and yeah. I got a lot of good insight on that. I would love to do. Hey, Mark, oh, it's always good stuff, man. Appreciate. Okay. It. We're going to invite you to the, the tailgate, our tailgate on uh, Bubba's best damn tailgate on the day of the game. Right there, two blocks away. So you come mix it up a little with the Gator Nation Kingdom and make amends for all the things you've done wrong all these years, will you? <laughs> I think I lost Sounds Mark. Good. Are you there? No, I'm just kidding. Yes, thank you, Mark. Yes, Appreciate thank it. You. All right, buddy. Thank you. Uh, all right. Good stuff with Mark. Mark's always got something to say. I'll say that. Speaking of somebody, something to say, uh, uh, Todd Swearingen should be standing by. We're a little late getting to Todd. We, we apologize. Mark's always got stuff to say in his heart. I'll call him. Got him on. I'll so call Todd. To give him a call. I appreciate that. You know, we're doing it. 
Uh, I remind you again, tomorrow, Brady Ackerman and I will be here. Uh, we've got Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart. I noticed he was out in uh, Tuscaloosa, spent some time with Nick Saban, and we'll get his take on that. Saban, of course, coming away with another national championship. Where does he stand right now after his sixth national championship? And looking back on it, he must be thinking, how did I do that? Because this wasn't a year that Alabama was supposed to win it. On the other hand, there have been years when you thought they were going to win it, and that he didn't. So, uh, you know, they did giveth and take it away. So get a baseball team, uh, swept Sienna. Um, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. And in the year, it's a little early for baseball. I can dial Todd here if I have to, uh, if I need to call Todd, if we're not getting him. He's not answering. All right. Maybe he's not recognize that number, too, as well. So, all right. Hello. There he is. Hey. Hello, Todd. Yes. Um, this is Todd? Yeah. Hank, just give me, give me right. two seconds. All right. Thank you very much. Um, give me two seconds. Hang on. Buddy Martin here. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't, we must have got the wrong phone number for him. Oh, no. See, huh? No, it's on Skype, so that's the reason he answered. <laughs> so, uh, Todd Swearinger joins us momentarily. We'll get his take. He, he's a... He's a NASCAR aficionado and also uh, high school football recruiting, uh, Gator football, etc. Hospital. I'm sorry. So my apologies for the bad timing, but anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? What were you saying? I was looking for Todd. Is this the right number for Todd? Oh, I must have the wrong number. I'm oh, sorry. Oh. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I've got yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, Someone called me about this yesterday too, yeah. but I never got back to them. So I'm glad. You're okay, well, I'm that. sorry. Good luck to your um, wife there. We got uh, we got the wrong number. We'll try to dial him up. Honey, no, don't, don't. I don't want you getting up. What do you need? All right. Thank you very much. Sorry. Good luck to you and your wife. Okay. Let's see. Somebody's there who's having their wife's um, apparently delivering a baby. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much. We appreciate um, it. All right. Yeah, so someone called me about this yesterday, and I, I'm sorry, it's been a crazy day. We've actually been in the hospital since yesterday afternoon. So we're I'm sorry. Second full day of, uh, of labor. <laughs> so, all right. Well, strange things are happening here. All right. Thank you. Um, all right. Yeah, so anyway, um, you cut out a little bit of what you were saying cut out. Can you just say the last part again real quick? <laughs> no, this is a – we're on live on radio and streaming TV. If you just hang up, I'd appreciate it. Oh, um, good, good. Hey, I'm sorry. Can you just okay. two seconds? Can you just give me two seconds? Hang on one second. One one second. Um, she's good. Uh, I need to go get her a glass of uh, water and uh, maybe some more ice chips. Okay. Um, we have some juices, apple juice. All right. Something going on in the background here. This is strange. I got a Skype call going on right here right now with a gentleman who is uh, Todd. Is this you? Yeah, that was a, that was interesting. He said his, he, he, we couldn't get him off. I guess he was the talk. Poor guy was nervous. He says, my wife's having a baby and well, good luck to him. I hope, uh, I hope that it's a healthy, happy baby. And everything hey, it could goes be well. a new Gator fan, buddy. Look yeah, there you go. There you go. He did. He had one on. Exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, the, the kingdom is growing, you know. And thank you for that note. 
Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's funny. I started watching you know, some of the folks come on and talk about going to the spring game and the enthusiasm and just some of the passion about Gator sports in general, but particularly football. But uh, I tell you what, I, what I've been surprised about is the knowledgeable uh, fans across all the – I mean, they know the lineup in baseball. Uh, some of these guys can pick apart the basketball team pretty good. So it's uh, pretty interesting to read when you go through that group. Well, thank you, and you're a member of it, so thank you for that. Now, oh, yeah, exactly. we, we have, right. uh, yeah, and I'm, like, by, I'm like the hair club guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, by the way, are invited, sir, to the to the Bubba's Best Ham Tailgate coming up on uh, the 14th game day that morning, and we're going to have uh, quite a time out there, two blocks away from the swamp, Steve Spurrier Field. So we look forward. Some of the people who've enjoyed you on the show will get a chance to say howdy. Got a good bunch of people who really care about the Gators. And as they say, stay loyal to the kingdom, you know? That's right. Okay. Stay loyal to the kingdom. Speaking of loyalty, I just got off the phone talking to Mark uh, Long of the Associated Press about the Daytona 500. And I must confess my ignorance, I didn't even realize it was 500 a weekend. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, you probably, Bunny, are in the majority, not the minority. For you know, It was a big transition here. I mean, after Dale Earnhardt Jr. retires and, you know, it was the big question mark going into the 500. How would ticket sales go, which they sold out? And what would the race be like? And then the race finish was an early Christmas present to the France family because if you're going to start a year without Dale Earnhardt Jr., your most popular driver for 13 years in a row, the icon of your sport, you're going to start it with a Daytona 500. You would want that. A last lap wreck, the three car goes back to the victory lane, uh, a lot of good stories there for NASCAR to start the season. Yeah, I kind of hate to see all that machinery go flying. I know I, I, I back in the day I would have loved to see it, but I felt so bad for so many of those owners and drivers and, and stuff. And uh, I don't know anything about Austin Dillon except he's uh, obviously related, the grandson. It was a family deal there for him. Uh, and I saw when I come, saw him coming down the straightaway when they were sliding in and out. I think it was lap was it turn two when they had to crash. About 30 seconds before that, I thought, these guys are crazy. That's going to be a bad wreck out there. You're sliding across back and forth, you know, inside, outside. And, man, it, it, and then there it went, boom. And things were flying everywhere. I thought, you know, that was somewhere between stupid, I don't know what, in terms of driving, in my opinion. I know cars get loose and things happen, but you're the expert here. Was that necessary? Uh, I will answer by saying that it wasn't unnecessary. Look, it's the last lap of the Daytona 500. Nobody's going to lift. I mean, nobody's going to take their foot off the pedal and be a gentleman the last lap. I mean, you're lap 151, big deal. And, you know, but it's the last lap to win. Um, and it already had one of the overtime starts, you know, with the green, white checkered. So with the two lap deal. So these guys know, look, if you've got a chance to win it, then you just win it. Um, Austin Dillon got a great run uh, on the 40, I mean, on uh, the 10 car. Uh, Eric Almarol is a good dude. Um, I hate it for him, but I, I don't think anybody else in the field would have done anything different. It just happened to be, you know, the car that had the same insignia number that Dale Earnhardt drove and people trying to tie that together. Oh, we got the, the, the new Intimidator. And <clears throat> I don't think that was the case at all. I think it was just guys racing the wind. It was the last lap and nobody's going to lift. And I don't blame him because I wouldn't have done it either. Nothing wrong with that, uh, with that number three on the side of that car. That's for sure. No, I, the big time, except for NASCAR itself, the governing body of the sport. I mean, splashed all over ESPN, USA Today. It's, look, it's an iconic number. It was funny. The top three finishers, buddy, the three car, 
the 43 and the 11, those are the three winningest numbers in the history of the sport. Really? See, yeah. only you would know that, Todd. I, well, I see, know, I picked it up from, I, I'm going to give all the credit yeah. to the guy that gave it was all Mike right. Joy. Okay. So he's the, you know, I'm not going to take it back. Yeah, but you're I like a vacuum cleaner, dude. You're like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you're down at the hot corner scooping up everything. I know you. Well, if years. you would give me a trivia question, I probably would have got two of those. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the 43 is Richard Teddy. The yeah. 20 is Dale yeah. Earnhardt. Right. 11. I, all his wins. I didn't know. And him, the 11 was Junior Johnson. Yeah, see, and I saw Junior Johnson right. But I didn't know he'd be one of them. So hey, I know yep. that's, I know it's also Spurrier's number. So that's <laughs> right. That. That's right. See, Evans uh, a good number. <laughs> it's, it's a good way to transition to some football talk. Uh, and uh, I just got the phone with Mark Long of the AP. He was the guy who really did not like Jim McElwain. He would go head to head with him in the press conferences, and he went on the radio show and said he was like a. Said he was in Jacksonville. So McElwain was like a used car salesman. You know, you never knew what to believe and so on. So that didn't set well with McElwain and they kind of went at it for the last year, but he is thrilled about Dan Mullen. Now there's this danger of getting a little too enamored. I wrote about it last week. You know, basically we've got to check ourselves, make sure we don't start getting hallucinations here about what's going to happen because a lot of good stuff has happened. You've got a pretty good eye. You, you have a good eye for the talent they have, they have, they have recruited. You've seen what happened. You, you know, you're a coach yourself. Uh, and I know you're a Gator fan. <clears throat> Are people getting a little bit over the top of this or is this all good? And this is what the Gator Nation needs. I think it's what the Gator Nation needs <clears throat> to reignite the passion, the enthusiasm. But I do believe it is over the top from a lot of the stuff that I see, especially for fans and the expectations. Um, look, if take Florida off the table, if I'm sitting here with Buddy Martin, who has covered football for many, many years, Super Bowls on down, if I tell you a team is going into the season with a brand new coach, they don't know who their quarterback is. Um, they got some holes in the offensive line. They lost some really good players off the defensive line to the NFL draft, and they're going to play a bunch of young kids. Um, <clears throat> what would you think that team's record is going to be? Well, <laughs> oh, by the way, they play in the SEC. They got Florida State. Tennessee on the road. Six and <laughs> they six. Play Georgia. Mm. Yeah, so I just think the expectations are, look, it's been a great start, and it's been a great um, honeymoon, if you will, to this point. We'll see what it looks like in spring practice. We'll see what they look like as they go. But they, here's the reality. They didn't sign a full class. And what that tells me is that Coach Mullen and his staff looked at their roster and said, okay, we're going to have to build this by recruiting really good players because we don't have what we need. And most coaches say that when they take over a program, but when he didn't sign a full class, they knew that, well, one, they were late in the game, so they think there was, there's, there's some balance here. You just can't say they looked at his roster and just said, we're going to be terrible. I think he just, he's realistic when he looks at his roster of, we need more players, we need more depth. And the real, the reality is, but they don't have 85 scholarship players. So to me, I, you know, throwing out a number, I think if, if Dan Mullen takes his team and goes eight and four, he needs to be coach of the year, period. Hmm. Could happen. You know, and I, I'm going to take a different view of that, uh, 85 players because I remember in 1990 when Spurrier came there and he found out the team was on probation and wasn't going to be able to play in a bowl game. And he said, he said kind of off the record, I'd rather give up players and go to a bowl game. He said, we got plenty of players. Now that 1990 team had some players on it, a lot of good ones. So do you, yeah, do you need, 
And they have 15 walk-ons, so, I mean, you have 100 players out there. So do you need 100 ball players to put, you know, 44 on the field? Probably don't. It'd be nice if oh, you so. had three three deep at every position, but not oh, every so. school has that. So I, I sometimes things they get caught up about not having a full roster, in my opinion. Well, I think a full roster helps when you don't have clear what I call ones. Mm-hmm. Right now, going into the season, but nobody knows who the quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. But now you can only guess that the teams that are really good, so like Georgia, I think everybody pretty much said Jake Fromm's going to be the quarterback of Georgia. Yeah. You're going to Florida, going to spring, we don't know if it's going to be Franks, don't know if it's going to be the Jones kid, somebody else may emerge. Um, you're not real 100% sure at the running back position. you got a couple of guys, which guy wins the job. Well, you got Jordan uh, Scarlett coming back, though, too, yeah, now, from two years ago. My question for them in terms of depth is, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive line and the linebacker, they just don't have yeah. – if if they had NFL-quality guys, if they had some of the guys that we've had in the past, like the Bostics and the, those guys, which Florida doesn't have. I mean, they got some really good players. they got some young, talented guys. But to me, the depth helps you there because you can keep more fresh bodies on the field, especially in the SEC games when it becomes combat hand to hand at the at, at, at the line of scrimmage. So yeah. I think I think that's gonna be their Achilles heel is just gonna be depth. And and again, like I said, going in, it's it's one of those it's it's okay when you got a three year starter or a two year starter or a guy you know who your quarterback's gonna be. But I'll ask you this question right now. If it was third down and seven, right? Third down and seven in yeah. the swamp, Florida's Florida's gotta have a first down. Yeah. Who are they gonna throw it to? Name somebody. Well here's the deal. It's a first of all I got Emory Jones on RPO. That's number yeah. one. So, you know, and I, and I, and I got uh, some people to pick from, especially these transfers coming in there. We don't know who it is, but I can tell you this. This I do know without a doubt. They have more depth at the wide receiver position they've had in 10 years, and they have the best coach at wide receiver they've had in 10 years because it's the so, same guy, Brother Gonzalez, and he without will coach them up. Yeah, There's no I question. Think they will be better. Yeah, they and I, be I have better. a lot of confidence that on third and six, that the ball goes to Emory Jones and they'll come up with a ball play. And out of that bunch of receivers, whether it's Tyree Cleveland or on a fade route or whatever it might be, they will find a way to get the ball in the end zone or he'll run it in there if he has to. Well, I think the, the most interesting part to me, buddy, is what do they do with these young guys yeah. that come in? Do they play them? Or does, as if we'll know a lot once the season starts yeah. and who's playing right. and who's been redshirted about what he yeah. thinks he yeah. needs to do. I think, you know, for clearly they've upgraded talent, uh, at the wide receiver position. I think Justin Watkins is going to be the next Brandon James. Yeah. When it comes good to the return guy. game. Yeah. Yeah. And good slot guy, but really helps you. Like I said, uh, Florida fans are going to want to stand up on every punt and kickoff return. And you know him. You've seen him play. You know, yeah, he's been coaching him twice. And, yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, I've never seen a kid who can stop and go back the other way as fast as he can. Yeah, they're going to get excited just, to watch him play. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. say Percy, but you know what I mean, that kind of player. In terms yeah, of game, I, 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 most people say Percy when they mention his name, mm-hmm. but I say he's more like Brandon James. He's, yeah. he's kind of fearless when it comes to catching the ball in right. traffic, and then he makes that one move and bolts, and he's gone, and he's yeah. just got that special gear. Um, like I said, I was standing right beside Chris Winkie. And we were watching Justin Walker's play in the seven on Chris Winkie, they are now our running back coach in the NFL. How about that? Yeah, yeah. And so he were he we were watching Justin Watkins run and he goes, Man, he goes, he goes, that's an NFL gear right there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jacob Copeland, he I think he'll be coached up or he'll get on the field. 
Well, without question. And, uh, anyway, we can go through the roster and those transfers won't be on the field. I do believe. I think mean, mean, just going back to the original question, what is, what, what is there, what are yeah. the expectations? I get what I think you're if, yeah. I think if they double their wins, which would be four to eight, I think right. that's a magnificent year. And I think if they show some life and promise in the offense, those are the things to me that are, I don't expect them to compete for a national championship. I mean, and they may surprise us. I don't know. I mean, you never know what these other teams do. I mean, that's the key. I mean, it, the other that's, guy. That's, that's the key. I always love Spurrier's guy. remarks. The other guys get scholarships too. Oh, you know, yeah. Everybody else got 85 scholarships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the coaches are better in some cases. I'm not sure what kind of job Willie Taggart will be, but he comes, you know, okay. We know Georgia's on a roll, obviously. Uh, so there's two rival games right there. We're not sure what's going to happen in, 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 in Knoxville just yet, but I like Florida's chances in that game. They got an equal chance with their coach. Situation. So we'll see how much better people get. And, uh, but I do like what I see. And I wrote a column recently. Uh, I think I might have mentioned to you the qualities that Dan Mullen has that are similar to the two national championship coaches, Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. And yeah, I think it's just, uh, just the fit, a uh, guy that gets Florida. Um, in terms of having been here before, I think he understands a lot of things. Being a head coach before, um, in the SEC, he understands some navigational points. There's not a lot of OJT for him, as I think is removed mm-hmm. from McElwain, going from Alabama to Colorado Springs and coming back to the SEC. Yeah. There was, I think there was a huge adjustment for McElwain. Yeah. And that uh, certainly doesn't appear like it has occurred with, I'm sure, their lifestyle and moving back to games with those things. But as far as knowing the state, knowing where the players are, the best programs, being able to recruit, um, I, I think Dan Mullen is off to as good a start as you can have. We'll see what the spring looks like. Yeah. I, to me, it's the, the next phase is let's go watch them in the orange blue game. Let's yeah. see what occurs there. And, you, and not that you're going to have some gigantic takeaway and say, yep, they're going to win 10 games. Uh, to me, it's, if they can put the ball in the air and somebody can catch it on a consistent basis and it's more than one guy and it's third down and four and we don't run a Brandon Powell two yards down the field, mm-hmm. I think it's a monumental success for the orange blue game. Yeah. Well, the first thing we got to do is go over and have a cold one with Bubba's best damn tailgate party. No, uh, and, and maybe a burger or whatever. Then we go watch the spring game, orange blue. And by the way, that is what I call it, the orange and blue game. I will not call it that other name. You know that. I don't like Me that. Me neither. Name. I'm the orange and blue guy. The orange and blue game. That's what it is. We can't have it any other way. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch in the offseason. We'll see if uh, Mike White gets a good ship Gator basketball team righted and the baseball team is going to be fun to watch this year so there's going to be some good stuff around here to, to get involved in and for sure uh we're on our way now toward uh spring and an interesting summer so it's all what we do here isn't it? just talking about what will be and it's always fun to have you on and talk about it and uh i have to get you out to the quarterback club next year with me one night the ocala quarterback club as you know is really really uh really doing a great job doubled in membership our good friends, uh, Frank Cannon and, and Greg Ergel and Danny Williams have helped us get it boosted up. And we may have a special guest at the swamp, uh, or a special guest at the tailgate party you want to meet too as well. So Todd, as always, it's interesting when you're on and fun and good stuff. And we'll catch up to you down the line someplace and uh, have a good one. You just see. Todd Swearingen, uh, gosh, we've been doing radio with Todd for 20 something years and, uh, he's followed NASCAR. He, he knew back, uh, he knew back in the day that, uh, he knew a lot about NASCAR and about football. So, um, he knows everything about everything. Hey, there you are. You call him back in, huh? Yeah. He knows everything. I got home now from my office yeah. job, so oh, I can call nice. him to your show. Nice. 
Thanks for uh, dialing up. All right, well, we had a few little tech issues, but we're getting the bugs out, and you did a great job over today getting some new gear. And well, you got to get we, – we haven't got all the gear connected yet, so. I know. Well, we will. We'll get there. We've got lights going in, new gear. We're spending a little money uh, trying to get things fixed up, and uh, – Oh, the folks at the late night dilly dilly missed you on Friday, Brendan. No, they didn't. They did. They didn't miss me at all. <sighs> they missed you. They well, I you. turned it on, and you just looked like you had your mic clipped up on. I mean, I didn't know what was did? going on. You know, I was at Mark's so eight till five minutes. Yeah, I heard you left for no reason. You just took off. I left Mark. Well, you left your friends there. I did. I had to get to the show. The show is calling. The Gator Nation is calling out there. How did jo- I, how did jo- how did Joni feel about Gator Nation calling very, me from Mark? Actually, was very good. You know why? Because she knows how important it is to to us. And by the way, let me just say you too. So you uh, you have been uh, really really attentive, and I want to give you a, a kudo for the great work you've been doing, getting us going the right direction. So uh, we're going to check in on the on the Kingdom real fast and see if we can answer any questions for them. Kingdom was quiet today. It was twice. Well, they're not used to this early afternoon stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're not, uh, they're, they're used to hearing us at a certain time, but they'll get used to it. Our podcast presented by Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for accident, victim justice since 1976. And, uh, this of course now goes to the podcast and, uh, it goes, uh, you know, be on, it'll be here on, search, you can you just search the Buddy Martin show for on iTunes, iTunes podcast, the Buddy Martin mm-hmm. show. That's all you got to do. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yes. you can subscribe and you get the daily podcasts, and then you, uh, if you're a SoundCloud Android person, go to Android the Buddy Martin Show. It's all very easy. I think Bubba's all up in here still. Uh, say shout out to Bubba and Chad Rich, and uh, also Steve Flatman. Uh, Brendan, he wants to see the video you're shooting. Steve Flatman says to you. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think you do, Flatman. Uh, that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, I guess Bubba's a huge uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Number three lives forever. Well, that's the Dale Hart Senior. So yeah, I'm with you on that. That was a. It's kind of tough. To, with those strong personalities. It's kind of tough uh, when you don't have them anymore and you miss it. So did you watch the uh, whole thing? No, I watched the beginning and I watched the end. I watched probably 45 minutes of it. I, I'm just not a NASCAR fan. I'm sorry. I understand the importance of it to a lot of people, and I, you know, I mean, you don't watch it either, do you? I kind of like it. I did a lot of racing for. Um, I did a lot of racing for TV. Yeah, you did all kind of sports out there. So I liked. Soccer. I liked working racing. I did a lot yeah. of MLS. I did a lot of. I did a lot of uh, stuff at the Motorsports Park out yeah. in uh, Utah. You know, we never talked much about this, but I, I want to, if it's okay with you, talk a little bit about how you got into shooting these games when you started out with Gator Country back in the day. And how you, you know, how you, how you, you did some really, in those days you didn't get HD. You know? Yeah, you, you got this little camera. Bit. Well, not many people got it. Yeah. And you we were, it, it wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, but yeah, we. Ten years ago. Yeah, there was you, plenty of HD then. We just didn't, it wasn't as, it wasn't as readily available as it you is get now. get it locally, so, uh. uh anyway, certainly, it, it certainly was different. A, we had, uh, we had our, uh, Gator Country highlights. You cut them, and we would put them up, and uh, we had our little Cox show. I wonder if anybody out there ever remembers our Gator Country uh, Cox uh, highlights and stuff that we used to put up. I wonder if anybody ever saw it, because we worked, you worked extremely hard on it. 
And uh, well, you were on the sideline credentials. It's a whole team of people that worked really hard on it. They did. Transbury was a part of that. Um, um, let's see. Um, see, everyone's uh, getting home now. They're all coming in. The numbers are going up. 17 people are on. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I'm, well, like I'm just kidding. They like it kidding. later. I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, Kansas. You can, you can uh, watch the replay. It's, uh, we'll be playing. You get the podcast. We'll take Come on in. We know. Well, we also been on and off a couple of times. We had issues of getting off the phone and we had to hang Well, up you're on that. and off. You got to tell your friends that it's not coming from calling from your phone. It's calling from a different number. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Alexander Perez, very loyal. Hello, Alexander. Uh, Nat Blaylock, one of our Newberry guys, uh, really one of our really top knights. Good job by the Knights this week, by the way, of screening out people. If you don't know what we're talking about and you happen to listen to Buddy Martin's show, think, what are they talking about, Gator Nation Kingdom? Well, go up on Facebook and look the look under the Buddy Martin show, like and share the page. Then go to Gator Nation Kingdom. And if you're not a member, hit join. And in no time flat, one of our medmans will get you vetted. They will vet you. So if you're a mole, they're going to catch you. Uh, they'll check you out. And then uh, you're in. And if you're in, that means you get invited to the big party. Have you seen Bubba's parties and pictures of Bubba's parties? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's awesome. And the stuff he's got going on. We'll get Bubba on here again and talk when uh, he didn't talk very much uh, about this, this Gator Nation kingdom. I've offered, I've already offered a, a special Spurrier book signed by him to the person who comes in somewhere between, I won't give the numbers, around 900. As a 900 or just over, I'm not going to tell you which one, signs up and we will give you that and give it to you at the tailgate party. So we want to get to 900. We don't live, we don't want to, we're not trying to get record numbers, but we want to grow. We want to go the right way. So let's continue to do that. Nice out there. You've done a great job of that. So keep it up. So, uh, let's see. Um, see, uh, Ken Seguini said, I just got here. He didn't realize it was four o'clock already. So he lost time. Um, he said, uh, Steve Flavin said, I'm serious, Brendan. I like that kind of music. So he wants to see the video you're working on. But I can't, I, it's not mine to show. I was working, I was working for the crew. For somebody. Okay. But you have shot your own. Oh, very, many, 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 many. Uh, and see, we always tell everybody, I wish we'd go back to the people in the kingdom. Going on saying, this is who I am. Introducing yourself again to the crowd and telling people who you are because it's I don't, like, I don't like to be out there like that. I'm not like I don't that. mean you. I mean everybody else. You, you know, you, you're just, you're so, so far. So shy. You're so shy. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not out there like you are. Oh, uh, well, okay. Yeah. This says a guy who did a reality show on NBC. Yeah, right. So it's like, um, it was too, so long ago. Well, so what? You can't run from your past. Bill Mason's hello, buddy. Uh, let's see. Uh, gonna, where are you, Chad Rich? I'm uh, going to run the credits while you talk, I think. Uh, uh, there you go. Nat Bloodlock says, if you don't have a positive Gator post on the page, you won't get in the GNK. There, there you go. go. If you just got, if you're some guy from Pocatello, Idaho, no offense to our friends here from Idaho, you're not going to get in. That'd be your out now. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go out now. All right, I'll see this tomorrow. Don't forget, Brady Ackerman here. We're starting in around what time? About four o'clock tomorrow. Uh, and Brady Ackerman's here. We got college, Mr. College football. 
Tony Barnhart will be here. We're going a little earlier now. Don't forget our pop-up shows, our late-night stuff. Lots of new stuff coming to you. My thanks to Brendan Martin for finally leaving work and jumping aboard and helping us out a little bit today. Appreciate that very much. Thanks to all of you. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right? I'm Buddy Martin. I'm out.